You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I'm in a reflective mood today. It's the 15th of March. It's the 47th anniversary of my first day at work. 15th of March, 1976. And it was on the 15th of March, 1992, 21 years ago, that I met a psychologist in the Swiss Alps that changed my life. There are days, there are people that change our lives. And when we encounter them, it becomes inevitable that we will do what we need to do as a result of us realizing that our lives are on a trajectory of change. Now that's awfully different from the normal, repetitive, mundane, habitual, automated experience of everyday existence that is created by the normal mind when we use it normally. We've talked about that many times before. I'll probably talk about it again in this episode, at least from some perspective. But you see, the key thing we need to understand is that normal way of using our minds on automatic pilot the way in which evolution designed our brains means that we're never going to change our lives. And even though there are crossroads facing us every day, even though there are situations providing us with opportunities every day, we can't see them if we're using our minds normally. And even if we could see them, we couldn't grasp them because our normal way of thinking will always bring us back to our normal way of behaving, our normal way of reacting, our normal way of staying within our little box created by our normal way of thinking. It's all very sad, really. Somebody just sent me an email, by the way, saying that they loved my bluntness, and there I am being blunt. It is awfully sad that people will go through their lives, according to research from Harvard and the University of Chicago and a number of other places, over 90% of people will go through their lives without realizing that they're missing their lives. And that's awfully sad. But as I said, I'm in reflective mood and being in reflective mood gives me some insight in relation to the inevitability of doing what feels right. I want to explain that. Somebody said to me recently that they had an idea that they wanted to work for themselves and that they've had that idea for some time. And I said to them, when you get an idea like that and it won't go away, it's like a stone in your shoe and the stone in your shoe will hurt until you do something about it. When we get those kind of insights, because remember what I've said, the phrase I used a minute ago, the inevitability of doing what feels right. So it's a gut instinct thing. When our gut instinct is talking to us, it will continue to niggle at us until we take action. Now, 
unfortunately, when we're using our minds normally, it's awfully difficult to even hear our gut instinct. And we may only hear it whisper from time to time. I had a conversation with a client in Hamburg a number of years ago, and she said to me, I don't know what to do with my career. Actually, it was a little bit worse than that. She said, I don't know what to do with my life. I said, you do know what to do. I said, it's just that you don't know you know because you're not hearing your gut instinct. I said, your gut instinct is telling you to do certain things. And she said, I wish my gut instinct would shout louder. I said to her, your gut instinct is shouting at the height of her lungs. You can't hear it because you won't let your thinking mind get out of the way. Now, we know from previous conversations how to let our thinking minds get out of the way. We don't have to push it aside. It's no effort involved. We allow our thinking minds drift into the background so that we're fully armed and ready for action that will change our life. We do that through meditation. And the science is awfully clear in relation to how meditation actually does that through the restructuring of the neural pathways in the brain that set aside the thoughts that get in our way and that stop us doing what we know inevitably needs to be done if we're going to change our lives. But let me come back to what I said at the beginning of this episode. There is an inevitability to doing what feels right. Now, inevitable comes from the French. That means unavoidable. So if there's something niggling at you and it feels right to move in that direction, it is unavoidable. Now, your thinking mind will do its very best to avoid it because your thinking mind doesn't just not like change. Your thinking mind is designed to resist change because in evolutionary times, change was dangerous. It might distance you from the herd and there were safety in numbers in evolutionary times. The inevitable is unavoidable sooner or later. Now, unfortunately, for my friend with the stone in his shoe, the stone has been in his shoe, the stone of liking the idea of working for himself for quite some time. So the inevitability in his case will probably be later rather than sooner. And really what I want to talk about in this episode is ensuring that we try to recognize the inevitable as soon as possible. So we actually go and do what we need to do to move ourselves forward without missing all the nows in our life when we are not taking action. Let me come back to that, though, in a minute. Because I want to talk about the inevitability of moving to France. We moved to France over 20 years ago. People have often asked me, why did you move to France? Actually, people often said, Moving to France was a huge decision. My God, what an enormous and courageous thing to do. And they would say, why did you do it? And my answer always was, because it's the true and correct answer, we moved to France because it felt right. There was an inevitability to it. And as the result of there being an inevitability to it, there was no major decision to be made. There was no courage or bravery involved. The inevitable just inevitably happened. And we moved to France in 2002. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with a client about moving to France. And it occurred to me that one of the reasons that we moved to France was that our daughter was 
and still is, a very good tennis player. And somewhere deep down, perhaps subconsciously, or maybe definitely subconsciously, because it's the subconscious mind where our gut instinct comes from, subconsciously, we were being told perhaps she would develop better, go further in her tennis endeavors, where we in a country where tennis is a major sport and there is a whole support structure to developing young, talented players. So we were only a couple of weeks in France when we bumped into somebody who said, you need to go down the valley to this tennis club because there is a guy down there who's a particularly good coach. Now, we couldn't find the tennis club. So she ended up having a couple of lessons with a coach in another club up in the mountains beside where we were living. And while she was having a tennis lesson, the coach from down the valley wandered onto the court, looked at the girl who was coaching our daughter, Louise, and said, oh, my God, what have we got here? She needs to come down the valley to me. Now, eventually, he talked us into her coming down the valley. Eventually, we found the little tennis club. And as we drove into the little tennis club, we realized it is one of the most famous tennis clubs in France because for years, possibly for decades, it had been running a tennis tournament called Les Petits Princes, the Little Princes. It was one of the leading tournaments in Europe and possibly in the world for up-and-coming young tennis players of around the age that her daughter was at the time. We didn't know that. It was what might be described as a coincidence, what normal people would consider to be dumb luck or pure chance. What I know and what quantum physics knows and what cognitive psychology describes as synchronicity, something falling into place that was required to enable us and in this case, our daughter, move forward in the right direction. Our move to France, having done the right thing because it felt right, our move to France was liberally scattered with synchronicities. First of all, we bought the little apartment as a holiday apartment as a result of having had to shelter from a thunderstorm in Chamonix on a motoring holiday in France a couple of years earlier. We were standing with our back to the window of this shop that sold trinkets, I suppose you'd call them. They probably wouldn't thank me for that description, but that's what they sold, tourist stuff. And they also sold real estate, typical little French village shop. And my wife said to me, oh, look at those apartments. She said, we should go and see them. And I said to her, we're leaving tomorrow and it's pouring rain and it's Sunday afternoon. She said, how many more excuses do you want to put in your way for doing what feels right? Aren't you the person who always tells people they should do what feels right and this feels right to me? Go into the shop. The shop was open. We went in, made an appointment and drove up to another little village called Le Contamine Montchois about an hour later in such a vicious thunderstorm that we didn't really even see where we were going. We were on a little bit of reflection a few days later, completely in flow, just doing what felt right. We saw the apartment in flow. We got back into the car and my wife said to me, we need to buy that apartment, it feels right. I said, we don't have the money. She said, I thought you taught people that if you do what feels right, the money follows. Do you not believe that? 
So I rang the estate agent and we put a deposit down. And believe it or not, the money came in a most peculiar way later that day. That's another story for another day because there's a whole need to explain behind that. Just, just take that at face value for the moment. We were driving down the mountain when I got a phone call on a Sunday afternoon that led to us getting the money that actually paid for that apartment. We didn't have to do anything at all other than go with the flow. We bought our holiday apartment. We spent a couple of holidays in France. And it gradually became apparent that it was inevitable that it would feel right to live in France. No major decision involved. As I said a few minutes ago, no courage, no bravery. Our daughter progressed in her tennis. Our daughter became the leading tennis player in this region in France, was supported by the French Tennis Federation and moved forward inexorably to eventually going on the professional tour for a short while. In the end, it didn't feel right, but that's another story as well. There are a load of other coincidences around our moving to France. I mentioned that a minute ago. I'm going to keep those for another podcast, perhaps next week, because I want to get on to the reason why I've even mentioned the inevitability of doing what feels right and our daughter and her tennis career. Because I was talking about her tennis career to a client of mine a couple of weeks ago. And it emerged during the course of our conversation that he was big into tennis and that he regularly played league tennis for his local tennis club. I got an email from him a few days ago in relation to an interview that had been done by the world number one tennis player, Novak Djokovic. Now, Novak Djokovic has a mixed press, so I'm not going to go into the pros and cons of Novak Djokovic himself. But the point that my friend was making was that in the interview, Novak Djokovic had talked about single-mindedness and the need to be fully focused. As my friend said, basically what he's talking about is what you talk about. He talked about mindfulness. Now, the interesting thing is that in that interview, Novak Djokovic quotes the American president, Calvin Coolidge. And I'm going to read directly from the quote because it's a quote I have often quoted myself before in relation to how we actually achieve what feels right in our lives. This is the quote from Calvin Coolidge, who was the president of the United States from 1923 to 1929. Nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Now, we could tease that particular quote apart. Isn't it interesting that that quote from a U.S. president is widely quoted in the personal development, personal growth and self-help sphere? Isn't it interesting that some of the more recent presidents of the United States 
didn't impart that kind of wisdom to us. Or indeed, there are a lot of world leaders around who are pretty much unquotable from, you know, make America great again to eat out, to help out or stop small boats. That is the bar that is set for world leaders at this moment in time. But that's a whole other conversation. And by the way, if you're interested in that whole other conversation, you should go on my website and click on the link to Conscious Conversations, which I have regularly with a friend of mine in the United States called Dennis Stambach, where we talk about the, the dearth of talent in leadership in the world as things stand. But of course, we're not going to change the world by talking about that today. But by exploring what we're exploring here, you may just change your world. And we know from the perspective of quantum physics that when I change my world, when I change my perspective on reality, my perception of who I am, my behavior changes, and that has a ripple effect. The dynamic between me and my loved ones changes at an energetic level, actually, as the latest research has shown, at the level of our DNA. And that ripples out into the universe. So we may go about changing the world on a grander scale by taking the little steps we all need to take to change our world today. And if I go back to the quote from Coolidge, it's all about persistence or perseverance and discipline. We've talked about discipline before, and I've mentioned how the country I grew up, Holy Catholic Ireland in the 1960s, discipline meant being slapped around the place by your teacher or your parents for that matter. For an awful lot of people, discipline is a harsh word. Now, discipline, of course, isn't a harsh word at all when you actually look at it from the perspective of doing what is right. Or should I say the inevitability of doing what feels right. And one of the key things in relation to doing what feels right is that when we know what meditation does in developing our mindfulness or our single-mindedness, I'll come back to that in just a moment, and Djokovic's interview, when we consider what meditation does to our ability to focus, be present, and enable us to do what we need to do to get to where we want to go to change our lives, we realize that a little discipline every day in ensuring that we meditate every day goes an awfully long way. Seven or eight minutes, as I said last week, every day is going to change your life, change every other moment of your life. Perseverance is a harsh word as well. When people hear the word perseverance, they only look at the severe bit in the middle of it. There's nothing severe about perseverance. It means continually doing what feels right to enable you move in the right direction. But Djokovic talked about single-mindedness. And my friend, my tennis fan friend, talked about how single-mindedness is very close to mindfulness. And indeed it is. We know from cognitive psychology that a divided mind always fails. As an aside, as a result of that, we know that there's no such thing as effective multitasking. Multitasking means not properly doing a load of different things at the same time. That's an aside. Single-mindedness is very, very close to focus. 
single-mindedness is very close to the kind of determination that Coolidge was talking about that will enable you discipline yourself every day to persevere, to continually do what feels right, to move you in the direction that you would love your life to go. Or if we take it to its most basic and fundamental and indeed simplest level, if I do what feels right, I'm going to get the life that is best for me. I'm going to repeat that because that's fundamentally important. If I do what feels right, I'm going to get the life that's best for me. Some people may not like the harshness, I suppose, of the word single-mindedness. And perhaps single-mindedness is the ugly side of mindfulness. It's like everything else in life. I need to be single-minded in ensuring that I always do what feels right, which will enable me move single-mindedly in the direction that I would love my life to go. Like everything else in life, there needs to be balance. We need to take the harsh edge off our single-mindedness. And indeed, the harsh edge of discipline or perseverance or single-mindedness is only in the mind of the beholder who thinks there's a harshness to those things. Ultimately, there's a gentle flow to being present, to being mindful, to being single-minded, to being focused as a result of your perseverant daily discipline of the seven or eight minutes meditation that will enable you soar, that will enable you completely change your life in a way that becomes inevitable so that there are no big decisions involved. There are no major choices to be made. There is no bravery, nor is there any courage required. You just do the obvious. You do the inevitable and you do it effortlessly because you are flowing along. Now, my friend, the tennis fan, was quoting Djokovic, and he was quoting how Djokovic homes in on focus, mindfulness, and single-mindedness. I haven't talked to my friend since I got the email, I will in due course, but the point I will make to him is that not everybody is a fan of Djokovic and the way in which he goes about pursuing his career. I had the privilege a number of years ago as a result of some of the work that I did with the French Tennis Federation, as a result of my daughter being a top performing tennis player supported by the French Tennis Federation, I had the privilege a few years ago of being close up with Roger Federer at Roland Garros in Paris. And Federer, who was in his teens a bad boy, you can Google that and find out the kind of temper Federer had when he was an up-and-coming teenage tennis prodigy. We know as he progressed into the kind of superstar that he became, he exhibited a kind of presence of mind and mindfulness that gave him the kind of presence that you actually can't describe. I can't describe the effortless grace that I encountered when Roger Federer walked onto the court right in front of me in Roland Garros. A guy who is completely in flow. A guy who is doing what he needs to do effortlessly. And this is the key word that I keep coming back to. You'll have heard me use this word a number of times in these podcasts. 
when something feels right and you allow your thinking mind step out of the way so that your doing mind that just enables you do exactly what you need to do to get to where you want to go in life or as I said a few minutes ago to get what is best for you in life the inevitability of doing what feels right because there is an inevitability about it because as I said a few minutes ago there is no choice nor decision involved neither is there any bravery nor courage involved the inevitability of it all means that eventually you do it effortlessly I said eventually and I said right at the beginning of this podcast episode today that really what we need to do in life is short circuit the eventually we need to cultivate through our meditation through the development of our presence of mind we need to cultivate an ability to feel the inevitable early on so we don't have to wait for the unavoidable to eventually fall into our lap as a result of our unavoidable and inevitable actions we can short circuit the whole thing by being present and know what is going on in the here and now and armed with a full understanding of what's going on in the here and now and as a result of my presence of mind developed through my meditation armed with an understanding of who i am that of which i am capable or perhaps more to the point what i am pure energy manifesting as me in the moment with that understanding i can do the inevitable what feels right in the moment and not have to wait for the inevitable to eventually happen and yes even before i ever knew any of what we're talking about here any of what i've been talking about over the previous 120 something podcast episodes there was always a part of me that was niggling at me to tell me to just do what felt right i'm going to finish this podcast with what happened on another March day in the late 1970s. Not sure what date it was. It probably wasn't the 15th of March, but it was another March day, Saturday morning. I walked out of a hotel on Rue Claire in the 7th arrondissement in Paris on a Saturday morning, a wet Saturday morning in the late 1970s. It was my first morning in Paris, first time I'd ever been there. I was on a short holiday with my brother. And I walked out the door of that hotel on a dark, wet morning. And I just knew that it was inevitable that I would live in France. You need to listen to what your gut instinct is telling you. You need to give your gut instinct the space to tell it to you. You need to meditate so that you will hear your gut instinct that is already shouting at the top of his or her lungs. You need to grasp the opportunity today because your life is lived today. It's not lived yesterday. It's not livable tomorrow because right now is the place and time where 
if we're listening to what feels right, we will effortlessly do what feels right. And we will inevitably lead ourselves inexorably and unavoidably forward. As I said right at the beginning of this week's episode, there's an inevitability to it all. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.com.